It's me, Dr. Z with JB. On today's episode, we take a look at narcissism in females. Yes, females. Female narcissists do very much exist. And while there are many similarities between men and women narcissists, the presentation can look very different. Also, John made me cry. Hey, Dr. Z, how are you? Hello. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, it is uh, JB, that is Dr. Z. It's, it's me, uh, Dr. Z with JB. And uh, tonight is, uh, we're diving back uh, into uh, a little bit of the uh, narcissism realm. We've done a couple episodes on that. So uh, if this is your first time with us, uh, we do have a podcast. And uh, the fact we that do? you, I, we do, we do indeed uh, on uh, every single platform, including all the big ones like Apple and Spotify and uh, Amazon Music and all that fun stuff. So uh, we uh, we thank you so much for tuning in live, and uh, we're starting to do uh, things a little bit differently, as you, uh, you might have uh, noticed already. So the fact that you're here in live, you're going to be the only ones that see this all the way through because we're not going to post these after. You got to go listen to them on the podcast if you miss anything. But we'll be posting clips kind of here left and right, uh, and uh, kind of making these things shorter and easier and simpler. And that is what Dr. Z is here for, because I am basically you. Uh, I, uh, I go through all the different steps of anxiety and depression. That's what we like to do is just kind of focus on our mental health here and normalize it. And we do curse and all that fun stuff. So it's a part of, uh, part of the gig, but we promise we're just here to help and have, have fun along the way as much as we can. And uh, Dr. Z tonight, a lot of great questions uh, especially dealing with the narcissism side of the female. Uh, and yes. uh, oddly enough, I actually didn't know there were many differences between uh, male and female narcissism. But man, after some some light prep work and some questions uh, with uh, Dr. Z already, there is a lot of differences here. And yeah. judging by the questions uh, that need answering, we are going to go uh, probably need a couple of these as well. So uh, Dr. Z, let's start exactly there. What are the biggest differences between males and females when it comes to uh, narcissism? Yeah, so there were so many questions on this that I actually came with notes. Whoa. Yes, that, I that, did. That, Thank it, you. In 29 episodes, this is the first time with notes, so this is big-time <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> right. um, so first I'll say that the reason why we're doing this is because, you know, most of the time when we talk about narcissism, narcissistic personality so we're talking about males and that mm -hmm. is accurate in the sense that there are more males diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder it's not that women are not it's just more men are yeah. for numerous reasons um but yes female narcissists 100 percent exist and there are a lot of similarities between men and men and women things like you know sense of entitlement grandiosity lack of empathy um kind of this this um, superficialness to them, although we'll talk about how women's differs, um, mm -hmm. differs a little bit. Men tend to be, and not that women aren't aggressive and violent, they are, but men tend to be a little more on the aggressive and violent side of things, whereas women tend to be what's called more kind of relationally difficult. Mm -hmm. So they will withhold attention and affection from their loved ones or their children, um, or they will use guilt. They will use, they are the owners of information. So they will selectively pick who they're going to tell what to. So they, they still need to control, but whereas men control by kind of like st success, power, money, women tend to use control by guilt, by um, 
neglect by, you know, more kind of these emotional aspects. Creating um, a big again, kind of want, essentially. Yeah, right. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, but, you know, as far as the differences go, as far as parenting, and we'll get into this more, obviously, because this was a big question, but men, fathers who are narcissists tend to look at their children as in the way. They're in mm. the way of me dating. They're in the way of my life. They're in the way of me working. They're a nuisance. Mm -hmm. And they tend to just kind of not be involved. Whereas female narcissists, the mothers, tend to view, especially their daughters, and we'll get into that as well, as an extension of them so much that they don't exist except to the extent that they are almost like a replication or, you know, like an accessory of, of the mother in a sense. So um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, there's a lot of similarities, but it, it manifests very, very differently for the two. Uh, and actually, it's a, a really good question here in the live. Allie's here asking, so why have them in reference to children? Why is it that um, either men and women, narcissists, why do they seek children in the first place? And especially, wh yeah. why do women seek children, uh, narcissists yeah. seek children? Excellent question. So the reason why they have children is because, you remember, it makes them look good in society. Mm. Typically, people are viewed as, quote, yeah. more stable if they have a family and children. We obviously know that's not true because there's plenty of single or not, you know, couples that don't have children who are perfectly stable and probably mm. more sane than the ones that have three kids under nine in the middle of a pandemic. However, <laughs> that being said, um, they have children because it looks good period, end of story. They have children because they want to dress them up and, and make them look good. So it mm. boosts their appearance. It boosts their success. It, you know, it makes them look stable. It makes them look like they fit in. Um, it's somebody else to use as a, as a, as a kind of a, an, an advantage over others. They're going to be the best dressed kid. They're going to be the smartest kid there. It's just another way to kind of heighten that success. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, it's very, very sad. understanding it's, answer it's, in a sad it's answer. Very yeah. sad. Mm -hmm. It is very, very sad um, because the children miss out on this relationship that is so critical and so essential and so necessary as a foundation for the rest of their life. And, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult to go through life without that. Very. Yeah. And I, I want to start with this uh, next question too. And, We'll keep uh, everything anonymous unless you uh, uh, would like us to. So we're just going to keep it that way for everybody that DMs Dr. Z or me. We like to keep that, uh, you know, private. Um, the, you had mentioned it before, but what is the, the main differences here now when, you know, the, the, the mother is, uh, is with the son? And how is that uh, kind of treatment and how is that viewed if you're part of that, you know, narcissistic mother on the son's side? Yeah, so... Um, they treat, as far as how they treat sons and daughters differently in the mom. Yes. Yes. So typically the sons are viewed as the ones that need to be successful, financially successful, mm. need to kind of go far career wise, um, or they're almost kind of an embarrassment. But the problem is, is that they set these very high expectations for their sons that are purposely not achievable and mm -hmm. they never fully meet that, that, that expectation and that's on purpose so the sons usually feel a sense of nothing they do is good enough it doesn't matter mm -hmm. and if they get a, a hundred why don't you get 101 you know or they got a great job or they got into a great grad school but why don't you get into this one instead mm -hmm. and so they they grow up feeling inferior they grow up feeling kind of pushed out of it because if there is a daughter in the picture 
the mother views the daughter as an extension of herself. The mother views the daughter as kind of this best friend, buddy, overshares information, talks about you know, their dating life, their sex life, their affairs, talks about their financial situations. They talk about things with their daughter that the daughter should never understand, never mm -hmm. know, never be aware of. And they do that on purpose because they want to have the daughter have these secrets that they can't tell other people. And it's, it's a strategy to kind of manipulate them and make them feel that they can't leave because mm -hmm. they have all this information. Um, and typically with a narcissistic mother, when the daughter tries to become autonomous or tries to become independent, the mother's response to that is one of severe rejection. And so there's a lot of, ev after everything I've done for you, after how much I've supported you, now you're just going to leave me. So they don't look right. at it as spreading your wings and flying. You know, I would say you raise your kids to be able to leave you, which makes me sick, but that's what you need to do. There is no leaving them. Mm -hmm. um, leaving them is wrong. Having a life separate from them is wrong. And you are taught to please them in every single way possible. And uh, it, with the same way I know with uh, when you describe it when in males, is there like a another stopping point in females where they, they could or could not be narcissists at a certain point? Or you're just kind of like, you know, is that is it is it kind of a learned thing? Is it how, how the, you mean the women? Yes. Uh, women become narcissists. Mm. Uh, same, same, same dynamics as men. I mean, the, you know, the the parent who was modeling it may be different. Um, mm -hmm. They may gain different things from it, but but it's it's the same, you know, concept of the patterns that they learned, the compensatory strategies they learned to not feel like huge pieces of shit because they were made right. to feel like that. Um, or you have the alternative, which is sometimes a narcissistic mom will pick a child to be their favorite child. Now, it doesn't mean they love them more. It has nothing to do with love. It has to do with that's going to be the child that I use to my benefit. And I'm going to treat them as if they're superior to the other children. And I'm going to give them everything so that I look like a superior parent, right? So if mm -hmm. they get an amazing job, their success is a reflection of my impeccable parenting, right? Mm -hmm. um, they try to take credit for their kids, you know, hard work or, you know, how far they've gotten. But um, I lost my train of thought. But basically, it's it, you. You can't you can't leave them. Um, and the son can leave, but God help that daughter-in-law because what's going to happen is when the daughter-in-law comes into the picture, mm -hmm. the mom is going to do things like the dad could. If the narcissistic father, the daughter-in-law comes in, like could give a shit, like take my kid, like he, they don't they don't want anything to do with it, yeah, right? Right. As long as she maybe like makes him look good, but but with a mother with the mother and the daughter in law, the mother will do more relational stuff. Like, let's say that her son has plans to go to dinner that night with the daughter in law's family. Uh -huh. She'll happen to make dinner plans the same night, or she'll get sick, and then she makes mm -hmm. her son choose between his fiance or his wife or his girlfriend and his mother. How could you um, leave me when I how was could sick? You leave me? Exactly. How could yeah. that martyr syndrome? How could you leave me? I'm sick. Mm. Why would you do this to me? I didn't raise you like this. No one loves me. You're all I have. Um, and it really, as you can imagine, it really impacts the son's relationships. When there's a child that's the golden child, again, with those expectations, the other children feel that there's no expectations on yeah. them. 
they're not even considered. They're not even involved. So like they view themselves as totally irrelevant. And probably reach it. I mean, well, I guess not even reaching at that point. They're just, they're not even looking for attention uh-uh. <laughs> anymore, probably. Right. And they're just trying right. to pick up the pieces and figure out why they're being neglected. And that's mm-hmm. who, please go see Dr. Z. If you're moms, moms, tend to, <laughs> narcissistic moms tend to, in addition to the, the hovering that they do, mm-hmm. they also can go the other extreme, which is neglect. The child is kind of getting in the way of them looking successful. It's getting in the way of them, you know, I don't want to say physically looking good, but like Mm -hmm. it's it's wearing them down, you know, like my daughters when I like would walk out of the house with like puke all over me and like they would just not feed their kid. Right. Like no food in the house or, um, you know, just, just, just kind of, neglectful in terms of love and attention and affection they just they don't give it and the only times they'll give it is if they need something in return or mm-hmm. there's other people around and it makes them look good yeah and that makes uh that makes total sense for uh, wait i'm gonna cut you off because somebody said this and i want to i want to yeah. so the hovering and extreme invasion of privacy yes what you'll mm-hmm. have for the narcissistic moms some of them will just kind of bust into your house without you even knowing or being home. They'll rearrange your furniture. They'll do your laundry. They'll clean things, like invade your privacy. And then they'll say things like, well, you know, you seemed really overwhelmed and your house is a little messy. So I just thought I'd help you, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's not genuine. It's to basically make you feel like Snoop. shit as a yeah. wife, as a parent, as a whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, another just a perfect way to, show you how, how bad you're living your life or not living yes. up to that standard that you can never achieve. And, you know, I'm sure, especially if you're on the daughter side of this with a narcissistic mother and you've given so much information and you're sitting there and then maybe one day you realize, oh my God, my mother is narcissistic. And I just told her my open book from here to there. Like, how does one kind of approach and deal with that once that realization hits? So my one response, two suggestions. Yeah. Okay. When you realize, and a lot of times this happens once the daughter has children of her own Mm. and things start to happen with their kids where they realize, Oh my God, wait a minute. I would never do that with my kid. Like, like what the fuck? Like, you know, like, Oh my God. And it's this, it's, 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 it's very, um, your head kind of explodes because you Mm -hmm. start to realize all these things that you thought were normal. Even if they felt uncomfortable, a lot of times the, the the daughters will feel a lot of shame and guilt because you know, of the situation they're in that just, that's how the, that's how the mom, the narcissistic mother is manipulated with shame and guilt. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of these daughters feel shame and guilt. They don't, they keep it to themselves. So when they have their own children and they see this and they're like, Oh, you know, it kind of hits them. Um, if they're still in touch with their mothers and I want to say something about that, but if they're still in contact with their mothers, two big things, you must reframe your expectations. Mm -hmm. You have to reframe your expectations. If your mother has been like this since day one, there is literally no way in hell she is going to ever be different. Even if she maybe acts a little bit different, it's not because she's changing. 
it's because either you're backing away and she wants to pull you closer. There's some manipulative underlying reason why she's doing that. She will never change. So you have to manage your expectations, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, the most like solid, tight boundaries ever. And if you don't think that you can hold those boundaries consistently every time, I'd rather you not set it. Yeah. Set it. Yeah, and that makes that makes complete sense uh, as well. And I apologize, I'm drinking water here, and the swallow's coming through in the microphone, and I, I'm just realizing that now. So sorry about that. What did you write sorry for? Oh, because my uh, I'm drinking water, and apparently my throat is so loud it's oh, going the through man's the mic. I'm, I'm so no, I apologize. The man's <laughs> it must be overtaking. Uh, but uh, no, and the and the boundary setting is is you know uh, we've done a couple of episodes on that too, uh, so feel free to go through those sessions as well. Uh, but um, yeah, absolutely, that's that's kind of tough to navigate and and learn how to do for sure, um, and. Uh, and this is where when people say, you know, like, they, let's say they go no contact with their with their parent, right? Mm -hmm. Or a sister or some female that, that has narcissistic personality disorder and they go no contact, which means no, exactly what it says. No contact. No, yeah. No, no, no Instagram, no, not nothing. Like you're totally cut off. Um, this is when you get, but it's your mom. Mm hmm right? Like, but it's your sister, it's family, it's your mom. And, you know, a lot of times you have a hard time understanding this if you don't come from that situation, right? Um, yes, it's, it's your mom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, exactly. It's your mom. And this is how you were treated. And mm -hmm. no child asks for this type of treatment. We don't pick this, right? This is the things that happen to us. If you need to set a boundary and not talk to your mom, then you do it right? You are not mm -hmm. a bad person. You are protecting yourself. You're protecting your children. You're protecting your career, whatever it is, but you do whatever you need to do. And keep in mind, they're probably going to tell other people bad things about you, right? They're going to mm -hmm. kind of ruin your character. Like she's so obnoxious or she's such a brat or she's trying to whatever, ruin my marriage or whatever the case may be. That, that's going to happen and you have no control over that. But you need to, as best as you can, maintain your boundaries. If that means you can only spend five minutes at a time with them, then you spend five minutes time. If it means you can't go to certain holiday functions, then you don't go. Right. Yeah. And that's just, it, and that's a tough thing to kind of swallow. Uh, and also just understand that it's in the best interest for you to do that because it's nothing but, you know, reeling you back in. Okay. And uh, something that we've discussed too. Uh, along the way, and a good question here on the live is, what would you suggest when your partner kind of fails to see that, like, mm -hmm. hey, your mom's a narcissist? Uh, and yeah. how do you kind of start to try to maybe enlighten your partner? Oh, that, uh, <laughs> Shit. Headphone drop number one. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, but uh, what would you suggest to try and show your partner that, like, hey, th they're just destroying you here? Yeah, so that's a really tough one. Usually that happens when it's the husband's mom that's the narcissist. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying it's, it's, it's whatever, but like, don't want, no, don't wrap it. I'm, dude, I'm hot. I'm hot. <laughs> yeah, I really could care less. <laughs> 
but thank you. I'm going for looks here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my sweatpants. No. Yeah. Um, so, but thank you. Um, so, a lot of times with the narcissistic mother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. Mother, you have to understand that the husband probably feels a significant amount of shame and guilt that if he somehow sides with his wife or his girlfriend or his fiance or whatever, mm-hmm. that he's going to abandon his mom. And this has been a message that has been ingrained in his head since he was born. And that fear is real to him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to challenge that fear when that's been a pattern that's been in place for, for forever, right? Um, and in those situations where the spouse has very limited insight, I recommend in those cases, couples therapy with somebody who is aware of narcissism, who understands the nuances to slowly kind of point these things out in a couples therapy session so that the partner can kind of gain this awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what will end up happening is this, son is going to feel torn between the two, obviously. And a lot of times they shut down and then it's going to affect your relationship. So it's not something you should tolerate. Um, It's not something that you should just kind of enable and, you know, just keep the peace. It's definitely something that um, you really should go to couples therapy for because it can, it can significantly impact your relationship. I have seen so many couples fall apart because of this. And, And let me tell you something. This isn't something that just happens once you get married, mm-hmm. okay? You, if they're problematic when you're dating, it doesn't, that dynamic doesn't get better. If anything, it gets worse because you're really taking their son, right? Like you're, now you're mm-hmm. engaged. Now you're living together. Now you have a child with them. You're sharing finances. So it's, it's, it becomes more difficult. So if you see this in the beginning, this is something to jump on immediately to work through. And if your significant other continues to to ignore how you feel and kind of go with their mother, at a certain point, you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Either you accept the relationship as it is, or you don't, and you leave. Like those Those are your choices. But to sit in it and struggle constantly against this dynamic that may not change is not fair. Yes. To you. And I would say it's an easier bet a much easier bet to try and you know make sure that your partner is aware and involved and understands all that than mm-hmm. you know whatever he, they expect yeah. to fix with their mom or, or, or any of that but because yes in this sometimes in the, they may well, not even realize they may right. not even know that these patterns exist right and so sometimes it takes somebody else to point that out to them to mm-hmm. say like or they see how the other person's family is and they're like whoa wait a minute that's that's totally not what I'm used to. And then they start to compare the two and they see those differences. So first you want to give it some time to see if they have awareness once you bring it up to them. But if, it, if they don't, there's no harm in going to couples therapy. No, uh, none at all. And uh, I do want to emphasize though too, Dr. Z is 1000% right of if you are that partner in the relationship that has to deal with that all the time, it is okay too. That is not your fault. You know, like you have to protect yourself as well because 
by osmosis almost that your your partner is also narcissistic except it's just towards one person and not themselves so um uh in in dealing with uh you know a, a lot of this this family dynamic i know is there anything else that like kind of pops up and is is something that we can be aware of with you know i don't know um, in as far as parenting uh yeah pa- parenting or yeah. realizing so, or mm-hmm. so as far as the the I'm looking at my notes because I wrote so much down and I don't I don't want to forget stuff because I have so yeah. many questions on this um so a lot of times female mo- mother narcissists are very mm-hmm. jealous of their daughters jealous of their youthfulness how they look right jealous of their career jealous of their financial situation jealous of their social situation um they may be overly critical. So instead of congratulating them on something, they'll make a comment like, Oh, I don't know if I would have worn that shirt. Right. Mm. Like something that's, that just ignores, you know, the fact that they just did something good or had some sort of success or achievement. They also may make fun of them um, publicly to make them feel bad. Or there's, there's a lot of taking credit for what they have done. You know, they may brag about you and look like they're this proud parent, but really they're bragging about you in public because they think it's a reflection of, like I said, their impeccable parenting. Because right. look at the success. Obviously, they didn't get here from nowhere, right? Like, right, I, right. I don't know, obviously, I created this. Um, so there's that aspect. And they kind of, that's where I said they kind of downplay the autonomy and the resiliency or the the daughter's ability to kind of mold her own life over time mm-hmm. and tries to take that credit away from the daughter doesn't even acknowledge that actually um you know well i did this for you and remember when i did this for you and i helped you get this job and you know or i gave you money for this and so they will try to take away that success from 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 the daughter and one um, thing i remember you mentioned uh was kind of the affection too and how they would to get to, yeah. almost kind of withhold it as maybe even like your reward and finally like, okay, I get the hug because exactly. I finally did that almost thing that you did or, you know, make you feel exactly. as though you're doing that. Right. And that brings up that intermittent reinforcement. Yeah. You know, one day they may hug you and say you're a wonderful child. Mm-hmm. The next day for the same exact thing, they tell you you're a piece of crap. Right. You yeah. never know when you're going to get that attention and that affection, which is why it's like that drug, right? Just like in relationships, mm-hmm. in you know, romantic relationships, that love bombing, the you know, the devaluing, and the love mm-hmm. bombing and the devaluing. So it's that same addictive model, um, which is why children get so confused because they don't know what the hell is going to bring about that love and affection because right, it, 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 there's no rhyme or reason. Um, and but, real quickly yeah. on that, is there a different view of the love bombing from a female side as opposed to a male side? Because, you know, like, yeah, we discussed uh, when it comes to male narcissism, it's almost like, ooh, I got to go get a toy off the shelf. So I've got to right. love bomb this thing to go get what I want. Does it kind of feel the same when a female's doing that? So their love bombing will look more like they're these really sweet, nurturing, intelligent driven, successful, just Mm -hmm. really well-rounded female. That is what kind of, you know, makes them very appealing. Women narcissists tend to use their looks. It's not uncommon for female narcissists to be attractive. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, they use their looks. They use their sex appeal. Um, not because they like the attention, but they use it as a manipulative strategy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not like they just like to dress a certain way. Some women like to wear shorter skirts. Great. Some, some women like to, you know, wear, never wear skirts. Some women right. like to show their, you know, whatever their, their, their arms. I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't dress like that all that they do it for a certain particular reason um and it's to kind of get that attention and reinforcement um once they have the person the male kind of in their grasp where now they're in this relationship it's different than a male in the sense of men will try to control the relationship by completely devaluing the woman by Mm -hmm. taking away her sense of self or self-concept, that kind of stuff, breaking her down into nothing with a female and the, the, sorry. And the male looks for control through power, success, financial abuse, that kind of stuff. Women are a little bit different in that they will continuously take from that. So they'll blow through the finances. They'll blow through Mm -hmm. their, you know, 401k, they'll blow through their kids, you know, savings accounts they don't care right they're more about spending it spending it spending it there's no there's no um contribution on their end so they're not ever really if they do have a job they're not contributing they're not you know paying for the babysitters they're not paying for whatever they're just Mm -hmm. it's totally separate um and because men tend to be more problem solving and more literal in their approach to relationships their idea is to fix everything. And so if you have this female narcissist who is um, just extremely demanding, unrelenting, Mm -hmm. they never stop, they never stop, then the male is going to try to fix that by doing, 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 which is why a lot of times, you know, I'll see my male patients that have been with females will say that like, they totally are in debt. They're in, mm-hmm. you know, credit card debt up to their eyeballs. They, you know, they, they, they found there's like, they owe people money. They, you know, they, they just get so wrapped up in that. And, and there's a lot of financial abuse, but in a different way with women. Yeah. Um, and the men just kind of, they're, they're people pleasers to like the nth degree because they're trying to, to problem solve this situation. Um, and the women will do exactly what they do with their kids, where they'll withhold attention, they'll withhold affection yeah. to be able to get what they need. You know, it's like where you and I, if we come home, we have a bad day. Like I may just like need to like check out, right? Exactly. But I'm doing it from my own sense of self so that I can be a better parent, right? Whereas what they'll do is they'll check out because maybe they feel that their daughter, they don't like that their daughter went on a date on a Friday night and left Mm -hmm. home. So when they get home from their date, they're just not going to talk to them and make the daughter wonder what the hell she did wrong. Man, oh man. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot of people that there's few people even here realize it's like, Oh man, that's starting to sound like my mom or like starting to sound like, and, and so I, and one, you're that probably are, uh, or two, is there, you know, and when Dr. Z is saying this in mind, uh, you have to have all of these things. Like there's, yeah. there's probably some traits in, in oh, all yeah. of us that look like, look like this. So I want to yes. be clear on that, but yes. is, you know, is there anything that is close to 
narcissism in females that, you know, could could look like it, but is 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 something else, or is it pretty defined? So a lot of times, no, it's not defined. That's the problem: is that you know, narcissism is rarely diagnosed by the person themselves coming in because nothing's yeah. wrong, right? Like maybe they'll come in if their job sucks. Maybe they'll come in if they're going through a divorce or it's court mandated or something like that mm-hmm. because this person's driving me crazy. This it's always somebody else, but they're never going to come in to work on themselves ever and they will never change and i said this to a patient the other day who's with uh, uh her partner's a narcissist and mm-hmm. you know for a narcissist to change think of it this way this is this is what i i work with narcissistic partners for a living this is what i do right this is mm-hmm. this is like my my thing and the only way a narcissist is going to change, like even if I was working with them and I know all the nuances of it, right? Like, like just like, you know, radio and, and podcasting, like I don't know right. anything about it. Like this is, this is, I know exactly what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it and when they're mm. going to do it. Okay. Mm. And I would not be able to make a dent. Maybe if I couched it in a way that, that like manipulated them and thinking like, well, if you take your kids out Saturday, like you promised, mm-hmm. you're going to look like a good dad. So like maybe I could get them to do something for their kids if I manipulate that way. That's it. And yeah. and this is my expertise. So like if I, it's not, they're not going to change. Females, males, they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. It depends on their degree of awareness. So if the more awareness they have, the less likely it is that it's a personality disorder and that they have narcissistic features or traits that are workable, right? Mm-hmm. It, it depends where they fall. But one of the things that, that narcissism in narcissistic personalities sort of can look like in females, especially because a lot of times you don't think narcissism immediately for women. Right. And most people don't understand the nuances, nor, nor should they, because it's just, um, it's thrown around nowadays as a buzzword, but it, true narcissistic personality disorder is very, very specific and very nuanced. And um, it, it's just, different so long story short women can oftentimes present as very depressed yeah if they're narcissistic for the simple fact that they are kind of these martyrs like nobody is is as stressed as they are nobody is as sad as they are nobody has as many issues as they do their issues are the biggest their sadness is the biggest they're they're you know their arguments are the, the, you know, the most traumatic and everything is just the biggest and the worst and the best for them. Mm. And so you can imagine if, you know, they are triggered by something, they can look depressed because they're going to say how everything is terrible, horrible. They can't get out of bed. You know, my son mm. left me, my daughter left me. And they'll use that as a manipulative strategy to get the person back, make them feel guilty. Again, they touch them, that shame and that guilt button a lot of times. So right. um, a lot of times that the crying and like the, you know, like the dramatic crying and the dramatic words that they use, that is, is a deliberate tactic to get what they need or to get you to do what you always do. Let's say you set a boundary. Let's say mm-hmm. your mom, you realize they're a narcissist and you set a boundary. Mom's not going to say, very proud of you for setting this boundary. Right. A narcissistic mom is going to look at that boundary and push back significantly by either, mm. 
doing more of what they've been doing or right. going a different route instead of yelling at you and telling you you suck maybe they're going to start hysterical crying about i did so much for you you know i can't believe you're treating me like this or i gave up my career for you yeah, all those exactly things. Yeah. exactly yeah. like i sacrifice that's another thing i sacrifice so much for you you don't treat me like this right mm -hmm. like they sacrifice their life for you to have you and, you know, if you grow up in that environment, you, you, you're taught to believe that that's where the guilt comes from. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you feel guilty you were even born, right? Like I have patients right. that'll say, I feel guilty even existing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a real, if you can imagine hearing that as a child, it's really, really difficult. Um, yeah, and they'll punish, uh, they'll also punish you with your insecurities. So body image is a huge thing that comes mm -hmm. up with narcissistic mothers and daughters. There is a lot of shaming, body shaming, um, a lot of, you know, mocking and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, even if there is no weight issue or even if there is no physical appearance issue, you know, like even like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like that shirt on you. It makes mm. your head look big. I mean, like random shit that makes no sense, but, but they do it because they know that that it, it makes you feel bad. And when, yeah. again, like a male narcissist, they just want access to your emotions. And is there, uh, I, I kind of feel as though that, that might be a good like self-check if you are maybe even a little unsure of if you were going through something like that with a, a narcissistic mother. If like, if you're constantly feeling like nothing's good enough for you, nothing fits right because of whatever, uh, and you're always has a, have a focus on what your mom always thinks and no one really around you and not really being present in any moment. That's pretty, that's a pretty decent self-check. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. yes, that's, yeah. that's maybe we need to do talk about this, right? Yeah. Like that's, remember when you have that realization, depending on how entrenched you are in it, you could feel super guilty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I almost, I, yeah, right. Yes. How, is, would it be absurd for you to be, to have like, a narcissistic mother bingo card. I feel like that would be a great start to be like, Hey honey, uh, I know, uh, you might not listen to me, but uh, Dr. Z over here has got a bingo card for narcissistic mothers and bing bong, bing bong, bing, including the free space brother. So can yeah. we get on this please? Yeah. Like, yeah, let's think about that. I think that we can use it for males and females. Here's the dad bingo card. Here's the mom bingo card. Yep. It's a bingo. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> we can cut through all the simple. You BS. win a new handbag. <laughs> yeah, congratulations! You no longer get to feel like you're a piece of shit. Woohoo! Well, <laughs> that I mean, should be—that's the ultimate prize. You know? Right. I mean, but it's—you know—it's like anything else. It's like you can show them all this, but if their lack of awareness is there, <laughs> if their lack ah, of awareness see you. is there. We already have a buyer. See? We have a buyer. Uh, <laughs> we have a buyer. There's our, there's our big business idea. There it is. Um, Narcissistic bingo from Parker Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if, you know, if, if you, you can present it all you want, but if the other person doesn't have awareness, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like telling somebody with an eating disorder that, you know, they don't need to lose weight or they don't need to do exploitation. You know, if the awareness isn't there, there's not much evidence you can do to convince them otherwise. And sometimes that's why therapy is helpful because a skilled therapist in narcissism will be able to kind of set the stage 
and present these things without making the other person feel like they can't acknowledge it out of shame or guilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to, it's an important step. And, uh, you know, as always, when we talk about these things, uh, Dr. Z underscore psychologist on uh, Instagram, as you're uh, listening to this live here and be sure to follow along. If you already aren't, I am John Barchard and, uh, you can follow along with me for any uh, any uh, DMs there. We always highly recommend that. That's how we got to started on uh, this uh, this topic of uh, female narcissists, and it's because of you and the responses back and forth from there. But uh, do urge you to uh, talk to Doctor Z, and even she said it. This is this is her forte. So if there is a a part of this that strikes you and you want to learn more about that, or you think you need some therapy, definitely. Definitely, uh, com is the place where you can go and find that. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, on the last episode uh, that does deal with how to manage your anxiety, uh, which is, you know, definitely a part of narcissism, trust me, because that's why we talk about it. Uh, I would be, if I had a narcissistic mother, which, thank God, I did not. I had a very caring, loving one that still loves and supports me dearly, uh, but couldn't imagine what you must feel like and what, like, how everything feels impossible and uh man oh man has dr z just helped me in the smallest form and i i urge you to go listen to that uh for the anxiety management because i just want to say this as my own little endorsement here uh i'm gonna use your first name dr z if that's okay i've known i've known uh no. Jamie for, <laughs> don't you I, dare <laughs> i i've known jamie uh pre-pandemic, you know, uh, into dealing with the pandemic into now and can't tell you just how much the small little uh, workbook things that she has basically told me throughout uh, me since meeting has really, including diagnosing me on a podcast that we, you know, we're not even, (laughs) we're just hanging out together and working on the same thing. Pretty much. I mean, you started you started the ball rolling because the subject was was dealing with that anxiety when we're dealing with crises and things of that nature. So, um, did you hate just, for it? Not at all. I, was, <laughs> I actually said, hey, "Thank God." I go, I go, holy shit! I've been misdiagnosed with ADHD my entire life. I have anxiety. Shit! I've been concentrating. On, I was actually pissed off because yeah. I was going down a path where I was like, "Why am I not getting better?" You know, and so that was the first thing that struck me. And then throughout this, just the, the simple things that you have taught me throughout this and where to explore the therapy and how to get it with, you know, baller on a budget over here, because we know it's not, <laughs> not, not easy to kind of go and access. But with everything else, like just uh, starting on all this path in your workbook, which I look so much forward to is just, you know, relieving a lot of the things that we rely on uh, when we're dealing with our anxiety that probably aren't proper. It's not just about, you know, walking outside and being like, oh, I feel better. It's, it's actually understanding why you're thinking of those things, treating every part of your anxiety like it is, and it is just a thought, and it has nothing and no bearing on who you are as a person or what you are, but man, can it hold you back because it's all inside here and how you value yourself and you know, you can value the wrong things a lot of the time in your life. And Dr. Z has made things so incredibly simple. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even a, as we're talking, that's why it inspires us kind of go and do this stuff. Cause yeah. 
Man, I am in a completely different place than I was a year ago, thanks to her. And, oh, and that's no bullshit. <laughs> no, well, it's very, it's so true. Like, oh, I so just, I'm, and I wanted better. to share this with you because it's a, I can't say anything about it, but it's a very special night for me tonight. And it's something that it took me a fucking year and a half to get to and understand. And it's right in front of me that kind of unlocked this door. And I'm going, holy shit. It was that the whole time. It's right there in front of me. And this is it. There's no more fear of failure. There's no more, I, you know, did the wrong thing or you put your family at risk or whatever it is. Like the people keep constantly telling you that you're crazy in your life and it's all this. It's all bullshit. It's all 100% bullshit. Find what you value. Put the borders where they need to go and block everything the fuck out. No one ever will understand yourself. You okay. understand you and that's all you need to know. Okay. If you understand yourself, the world is going to change. And it's being about stoic, being how to flow with it, how to react to it, and how to manage it, and stop trying to fucking control everything, because it's impossible. Correct. Who cares? It's all avoidance of your own shit. That's just what it is at the end of the day. And if it wasn't for Dr. Z, I would have never realized that and truly valued what I really love. Becoming a father, amazing. Fucking owning my own business, even though it's terrifying and it feels like it kills me every single day. But God damn it, I know I'm right about it. And that's why I'm here. Dr. Z, thank you. Oh I God, love you. That was Go the buy her book. thing ever. <laughs> control is an illusion. Yes, I what say that. Worry, 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 control is an, worry is an illusion of control. It just makes yes. you think you're problem solving when really you've just sat on your ass for 30 minutes on your couch and literally did absolutely nothing. Yes, yes. You're just fucking sitting in your stuff oh, and God, not so really achieving anything. Yeah, we're going to do some things, man. I'm this so is going to be great. <laughs> so there you go. And that's why I feel as though her message needs to be heard by as many people as possible. So that's why we do these things together. And, uh, you know, if you want to get your message out, that's what I do. That's exactly why we're here and doing all this stuff. So my DMs are always open for that. I love helping independent creators learn how to own their own stuff and just get their message out because you're the TV and radio and everything now. The whole game's changed. It's ours. Thank you, Zoom, for <laughs> uh, show, showing the world that basically you can talk to anybody at any time, and that's you know what we what we like to do. So thank you, Doctor Z, and we'll see you thank next you. week right here. Aww. Bye, guys. Bye.